0: and thank you so much for tuning in to the She Can Ball podcast. I'm your host Mahi Jariwala. Today we're joined by Emily Williams, author of Lady Leaks, a book on all the trials and tribulations of female athletes. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time.
1: Oh, not a problem. Super excited to chat with you today.
0: So I kind of want to go back to your sports career. I know you played basketball growing up. So what was your experience with basketball and how did it impact you growing up?
1: Oh man, it was all I did. It was my eat, breathe, sleep, basketball. (laughs) It was was all that was on my mind and I'm in that age group where I get to look back at my really awkward like Facebook post from 10 years ago and it's like BRB like about to go to practice like text me later and I'm like oh my god but then I slowly started to realize over the year that they started that was Every weekend was basketball. Every moment was basketball. That's that was essentially such a core part of who I was. So when I think about my whole basketball career, it started at age six. My mom signed me up at this little thing called teamworks in a local gym. And they just essentially it was essentially so I could like get out of the house and go do something productive. But I really just loved it the skills and loved the coaches there and as I got older I got signed up for rec like I feel like everyone does at some point Mm -hmm. whether it's t-ball or volleyball or softball or whatever and it just kind of became this thing that I really enjoyed I enjoyed the game I enjoyed the structure so when travel started up like that more competitively my mom put me in that Mm -hmm. and she would ask me she's like do you want to do swimming do you want to do these other sports I'm like no I just want to play basketball like that's all I wanted to do so by age uh, 12 I started doing AAU and all the way through junior year of high school that's all I did until um I blew out my knees going on a run one day. Um, essentially what happens when you specialize is you tone only certain parts of your body. And so my outer quads were super strong, but my inner quads were not. Cause when you're in basketball, you're literally in a squatting position the entire time, as you know. And so my knees actually got pulled off track when I went to go move my legs in a different way. And so my kneecaps popped off track and that slowed me down. And I, I, played my first varsity season. I sat at the bench the whole season and it was such an emotional thing for me just to not get any playing time, knowing the year before I was like this rising sophomore. I got called up to varsity. It was a big deal and my injury kind of took me out. So it comes senior year. All my friends are doing track. They're like, you'll get playing time in track. No one gets benched in track. <laughs> so I eventually um went on. I just did track my senior year because it was I knew I wasn't going to catch up. I would essentially have had to work my butt off from the end of junior varsity all the way through just to even catch up to hopefully see some court time. And the varsity coach kind of told me, he's like, you're not gonna get playing time your senior year, I'm focusing on the class below you. It's his program, it's his call. So it was just a very emotional decision but I didn't play senior year. And that's essentially my whole career as a player until I went to college, took some time off, and then I got out of college and I started coaching. So my career never ended. It just took a small pause because <laughs> now I'm on the other side being a coach. Exactly. But I feel like,
0: I don't know, I feel like it's nice when they tell you straight up because it's better than going there and then being, then kind of just not really knowing what's happening and just like wasting your time.
1: Oh yeah. It would have been. Awful, I think, if I went to my senior season, because that's what had happened to another girl who went to her senior season and she essentially sat the bench her whole year. And it was so devastating to her. And I could all, all I could remember is I don't want that to happen to me. And that's all I could think about was I don't want to be her my senior year. I want to be actually playing because I bring value. I know what I'm doing. And I, Unfortunately, it happened across my whole grade, the class below us was super athletic, and all these girls came in as powerhouses, so a lot of seniors across the board, unless you were on like a one-on-one thing like track where everyone plays, (laughs) um, you were getting benched. Seniors across my whole senior class were getting benched for the class below us, so it was very known to all of us what was happening. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I had that experience in, like sixth grade where I went on an AAU team and like the assistant coach liked me and so I was like, all right, it's gonna be awesome. And it was kind of like my first time in AAU Like I was switching from rec and I was really excited. And the head coach was like completely different from the assistant coach. They didn't even coach together. And so I didn't play. So I didn't play for like a few games. Into like maybe like a few minutes here and there, but it's like I ended up speaking teams and it ended up working out and I met some really great people. But I I just feel like now it's like I go to play. Like if you're not, if I'm not gonna play, like what's the point?
1: Exactly. And especially where you are in your career, you should be seeing court time. I actually am very honest with my players because my mentality is I can teach you how to shoot. I can teach you how to run faster. I can teach you defense. I can't teach work ethic. So in those first few practices, I see who's working the hardest. If you're phoning it in, you probably won't see playing time, but... I don't care if you miss 17 shots and you make the 18th one, you tried, <laughs> you put in work to exactly. get there. So for me, that's where I value playing time. And I'm very honest. I actually had to have this whole kumbaya with my team. Cause it, a few of them just keep phoning it in. And I was like, girls, you, I have five spots and they get 75% playing time. This is AAU. This isn't rec anymore. And sure. so you want those five spots. And I told them, I was like, I don't care if you're the best one on the team. Are you working the hardest? Then you get a spot. And I was very blunt about it. And you could see some of their faces of the girls who have more talent just looking at me like, "Is she being serious? Like my talent doesn't show?" No, it gets overridden because I have a girl who's running faster than you because she's actually sprinting during the sprint versus like jogging.
0: <laughs> no, that's an awesome. I love that. I think that's a really amazing mentality to go in with because I think like in the long run, like if you work harder, because your talent can only take you so far rather than worth ethic. So.
1: Yes. What's the quote? It's like, um, hard work works hard when talent doesn't talent doesn't work. It's like something like that. And it's yeah. like repeating the same thing, but essentially is the idea that talent does only get you so far and an individual talent also only gets you so far. So if there's like three girls who work hard and work well together, I'm more likely to put those three in than three girls who are just individual superstars, because I have a team with those three versus these three who just shoot when they want to shoot and, do whatever they want. I don't know what's, I can predict the other three. I can't predict those three. (laughs)
0: True. True. Like what has been your experience like with coaching and kind of like experiencing a different like side of basketball?
1: I think I have become more empathetic to my coaches because I think when I was a player, like I would see these coaches as like these big, scary people. I actually do talk about it in my book a little bit about how I wish I understood my coach's side of things because he, he, isn't a bad he wasn't a bad guy I was just super intimidated by him it made me anxious and it made me like when he would correct me I felt like the whole world had exploded I just put him on a pedestal where really he just wanted me to be the best person and player I could be and I didn't know that because he this is the varsity coach he was the varsity coach I'm like this is the guy I've been trying to impress since I was in seventh grade (laughs) like it's showtime and also with the injury I wasn't stepping up so I just like all in my own head and I let that take over over so now as a coach I'm like wow I need to start showing my players that I'm a human being because I think he just struggled with that because also I think it's a female versus male issue like he might have been expressing that but like but because I was a girl I wasn't reading that because there we do give off different energies as different genders so as a female coach I, I do tell them like I crack jokes I like try to make practice entertaining but I also put my serious hat on when I need to but I want them to know like I'm a person. I'm not, and I, I always tell them, I was like, my, I'm here for you. I'm not here for my own ego. If I was here for my own ego, I'm here (laughs) for the wrong reason.
0: True. Yeah. I I talked to Dr. LaVoy a few podcast episodes back about just the importance of having like same-sex role models. And I think, especially at a younger age, because most girls, like I've had like one, like women's basketball coach, but like, you don't get like women coaching.
1: You don't. And it's, and I've preach this from like the rooftops that we need more female coaches across all levels because you get a different dynamic and I think it gives a space for the players um there's a I talk about her all the time there's the UCLA gymnastics coach coach Val and her perspective is I give them a space so they can be who they are and then we start working on skills like you have to but that's such a feminine approach. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's very uniquely in our gender to be like that. And so this is why I really emphasize female coaching is important because we also value different things. Male coaches might value the talent versus the fundamentals where my brain is like, I just want you to work hard. I can teach you the fundamentals. So it's just all different perspectives that our genders bring in. And also the thought that if another, if I, I never had a female coach so the most mm. I think I had was a female assistant coach I never had like a female head coach and it, I I wanted to do this this is something in me but I was very hesitant because I'm a girl coach going in are they going to think differently of me or are they not going to respect me I'm also like my first team I think I was literally like only 10 years older than mm. so I'm also yeah. super young <laughs> compared to like the two male coaches for the other middle school teams. So I'm like Hey, remember, I am an adult. I'm not just like a teenage big sister. I I am an adult and having to drive that home. But those are all challenges women face in the workforce and college across the board. So it was just another spot where I was going to experience having to assert myself as a woman in a power position, But I did it with, I hope I did it with grace. I always say I hope because I really don't know. I ask them all the time, like a couple of the girls, I still talk to them like, did I do it right? And they're like, yes, coach, you did it right. Stop questioning yourself.
0: (laughs) No, I I like your coach mentality. I bet you're doing a great job. (laughs) How important do you think like playing sports is for younger girls and what do you think needs to be done to keep those girls in sports?
1: so many studies have shown what athletics do for the human race in general um, and when we're looking at girls the i mean i can pull out all the stats 90% of the female CEOs in fortune 500 companies played sports. Yeah. Um, a majority of the women who are in any sort of leadership role played sports. So if you're looking at the long term game, that's why sports is important because it will translate skills throughout your life. but if you're looking at the short term game, sports keep kids busy and what's considered a social uh, social activity. And what I mean social is it's positive, it promotes good life habits uh, versus an antisocial activity, which is something like, having a job is actually considered antisocial because you have a boss instead of a coach. You have someone who's there, who's, who doesn't care about the person, they care about the job being done. So the reason why kids being in sports is it promotes a lot of long-term life benefits, but also what would you, what else would you be doing? If you weren't playing sports, do you have an alternative? Are you in theater? Are you in band? Are you in something else? Or is it, are you just going home and doing homework and then spending time playing video games or like watching TV. So that's kind of why I think it's important, but specifically for girls, it gives you a sense of teamwork and puts you in a spot that I think society doesn't always show light on. It forces, so this is gonna get long. So if if you're looking at like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, they were best friends and they got in this huge feud And then they made a crap ton of money being catty and vicious. (laughs) With girls on a team, you can't be catty and vicious and be successful. So I think it shows examples of where collaboration beats competition within a group of girls. So for me, I think that's why it's important because you're forcing a gender that's told to work against each other to actually work with each other. That's why I think it's important. But then on the flip side, how do we keep them in it? it's conversation, it's access, it's putting the right people as coaches. I love my parent coaches, I think they're super helpful, but they should not be head coaches. Yeah. <laughs> or at least no, they should be sure. head coaches of their own kids, because then that creates a weird dynamic. And I think having these conversations and just being like, you can keep playing sports, because girls are six times more likely to drop out of sports between middle school and high school than boys are. And it comes down to stigma and access. And what I focus on a lot is that stigma and also just the fear of failing. Uh, I, that's what I so, as you know, I wrote a book and a lot of what I talk about are tools so that you can overcome the challenges that look super daunting. and might be the reason you drop out of sports overall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my sister is one of those. She dropped out in like seventh grade. And I think you're right. Just the conversation of like, you can't take this further. I think with boys, it's like a big conversation of like playing college basketball. But like, there's literally more opportunities I think for girls because there's less girls. But like, we're not talking about that enough.
1: We're not. And my mom always regrets not putting me in hockey over basketball. She's like, I think you would enjoy enjoyed either one. But I got put in basketball because that's kind of what a lot of the girls in town are doing. But she knew if I was put in hockey, I could have played in college. Cause she's like, you're an athlete. Yeah. I was the kid who fouled out of a lot of games when I was at a certain age. So she's like, you would have done better in hockey because you could have check someone into the boards. I come from a whole hockey family. So like the fact oh. I was like this like black sheep playing basketball, um, my mom, my dad, my brother all played hockey. and I'm like, I'm just gonna do this sport instead. Uh, so my mom kept saying, you would have had opportunities. You could have had college paid for. There were more scholarship opportunities. So I think that's also something girls don't get talked to about. Like, hey, do you want to play college ball? Or, hey, do you want to go play this other sport past high school? Because for me, it was always high school is the end. I wasn't going to go play college ball. I was kind of just going to go to college. And I wish someone somewhere was like, even if it's D3, you can keep playing. You exactly. Exactly.
0: And I think even playing different sports, I mean, I'm someone who's like, I've only done basketball and like, that's the only thing I like. I don't like anything else, but like, you're right. Like, yeah, it works different parts of your body and stuff. And I think like you can learn so many things like from different sports, like tie them all together.
1: Yeah. And that's, there's a program that's local here, but it's actually across the nation. It's called I-9 Sports. It actually encourages the despecialization of kids in sports. And what I like about it is they go all the way up to age 14. So if you're like a freshman in high school, you can go learn a new sport in kind of a safe space because it's not about competition. It's about fundamentals and like learning and having these coaches who are actually trained to, teach you these fundamentals so I think programs like that are really breaking that barrier down because when's the last time I heard about girls flag football (laughs) never but there were girls playing in the flag football program I mean I was in the basketball program because that was my happy space but they had volleyball and I know a lot of girls are now playing volleyball at a really young age they're not starting in high school but why don't they have the opportunity to learn and it's that fear stigma and I think programs like that are really breaking down those walls.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I never heard of that, but I'll definitely look into that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So how did you come up with the idea for Lady Blues?
1: Oh, man. It was a total accident and on a whim conversation. So as you know, we're in COVID and everything's shut down. So COVID hits and I can't coach. I just moved to a new town. I'm trying to like find coaching opportunities and I couldn't find any. I was emailing rec departments, like everyone. And they're like, sorry, we're shut down. So I was at a halt, like a total halt of, I can't do what like makes me happy. I can't do the coaching thing. Like that was like my thing after work. And that was kind of my passion. And I was talking with a colleague of mine and she asked me, she's like, it it was afterwards. She's like, what would you be doing right now if COVID wasn't happening? And I was like, I'd be coaching girls basketball. And she's like, "What?" I was like, "That's what I used to do before all this happened." And I just started like diarrhea of the mouth. Like, this is how I coach. Like, this is my style. I infuse all these other lessons. Like, I really try to make it about the girl. I like, I like thirteen-year-old girls. I think they're hilarious. I tell, I tell every program, "I'm like, give me your middle school team." And they're like. Are you crazy? Because there's that stigma of like middle school kids are super hard. I was like, you just got to get through the shell, just get through their shell and it will be fine. (laughs) And so I had this whole dialogue with her and she's like, you have a lot to say about this. I was like, yeah, I do. And it kind of dawned on me, I was like, how do I get this energy, this kind of momentum I had in that moment out of me? And I was like, I have to broaden this to a larger audience. How do I do that? And I was just like, I'm going to write a book. It just like kind of came to me. I was like, I'm going to write a book about all the lessons that I usually would coach as my undertone of like the sport itself. So that's what birds, lady fleets.
0: But like, did you always like writing or like,
1: Oh no, no, no. So my college degrees in mathematics.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: So I don't like to write Um, when you get it. So mine's in technically like theoretical math. So I don't think I wrote a sentence in a very long time. So, cause I'm on a computer, I do like computer Mm -hmm. stuff now. And I was like, how do I broach this? How do I start writing? And I actually did a lot of research like that analytical self of mine. I was like, I'm going to learn how to write. Like, what are the different approaches? Like, how do people do it? And I kind of went with a hybrid model of, every day I'm going to sit down for an hour and then I'm just going to almost like write like I talk and just get out all the ideas an hour every day. Cause you can type the average person can type about a thousand words every day. um, And in an hour, every day (laughs) it gets exhausting. After that one hour, your hands start to cramp up a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'll just start doing that and see what happens. And it, I would write an idea out and then the next day I would reread it and be like, okay, let me expand these different sections And once each kind of section of the book wrote itself, I would go to the next one. And then I hired an editor because, again, I haven't written a sentence in a while. So I had someone really tear it apart. And that was kind of my process. I was like, okay, I'm going to write the rough draft and then I'll have a wordsmith expert come in and clean up my mess.
0: Mm. well like, did you write it like with certain chapters like, did you have an idea of like what the chapters would be and stuff
1: I knew I wanted to write about a few different lessons that I had learned so the first lesson is about how to deal with loss because that was actually something I had just experienced recently and it kind of I was like how did I learn how to deal with the loss of something and it came from sports like not making a team or losing a game like those experiences taught me how to deal with the the loss, the, the grieving process. So I essentially worked that into being a first section. The second section, I think actually I wrote first. Um, <laughs> I wrote that first because that was a lesson a coach had taught me. It was about time management. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wanted to talk about identity because as I said, I stopped playing sports at like senior to college timeframe. And I went through a sports identity crisis, so and I did a lot of rebuilding of who am I without the jersey, so I wanted to talk about that and really kind of build up who are you outside of your sport. Um, I actually saw a really good visual about it the other day. There's the thumbs up, and then there's the overall, so thumbs up is where you're an athlete and that's all you are, but when you have your whole hand up, you're an athlete, you are a friend, a family member, and like had a few other things that build your values out and I was like I like that so that's essentially what my third section is about is like identity and your ego the f- fourth section is about relationships because for me sports relationships were a critical part to my whole experience, whether they were good, bad, or ugly. (laughs) They were a huge part. And they're huge on how I deal with myself as an adult now, like how I approach problems because people don't go away. Like when you get out of high school, you think, okay, I'm just gonna go in the working world and it's all gonna be great. No, you're still on teams. You're still reporting to someone. (laughs) All these dynamics just translate. And I learned how to deal with that a lot in sports. And then my fifth section is about leadership. Because I, I will, this is another thing I say all the time. I feel like athletes, they're not your kids who want to sit in the back of class and just like skate by. They're not your kids who just want to like do one thing and just hang out. I feel like they are your leaders they're the leaders across the school i mean let's look at every stereotypical movie like the football captain yeah. is like the leader of the class or you have like the girls basketball captain isn't kind of everyone looks to these people as leaders and so i think really talking about leadership how to approach leadership and developing your leadership style was important so it all again i started with like a really basic outline of like these are the things I want to talk about and then over time it just became natural of okay how do I want to approach each of these and I as when I was about the age that this book was written for the books I had were like Nancy Drew books and Judy Bloom, and really like outdated styles of problem solving so I was like how would I have really appreciated a book at 13, and for me, it's always been, I like the problem statement, I like the path to solving the problem, and then I like the conclusion, and also what I put in that path is, what didn't work, because telling me what works is great, but also, I think, telling me what isn't going to work and why it isn't going to work is better, because I think that just drives home the, don't do this, do this instead.
0: Yeah, I think that I mean, honestly just keeps girls going because it's like, all right, like, you know, you read it and you understand, like, all right, now I know what you're
1: about for. Yes, and, I, and I've and i talked to a few people who are my age who have read it, and they've just read it because either they're interested or they're like, oh, this is another sports book, and they're like, I needed this when I was that age. I wish someone handed this to me, and I think for me that really drives home the this is needed for girls in this age exactly. group. Like this is a needed piece of literature that I really just hope that gets out there to all the girls who want to continue their sports journey. Because I feel like it will help them be able to identify problems before they before the molehill turns into the mountain. And where can they like check it out? Um, it's currently available on Amazon. I'm trying to get it in some local bookstores. Um, it's currently available on Amazon, either on the Kindle or you can get it be- paperback copy as well.
0: Cool. And lastly, do you have any advice for girls that are looking to pursue basketball?
1: Yes. What I think is what really makes a well-rounded basketball player is someone who is hardworking, but also someone who takes the time to look at the different programs because I feel like I was definitely overwhelmed and it's why I did so much because I was on multiple AAU teams. I did summer league. I did school teams. I had a one-on-one coach. And I think really outlining your plan and what your goals are for each of those will help you stay organized and not feel so chaotic. Like my one-on-one coach, I wanted to become a better shooter. So him and I only focused on shooting drills for each aau season i like to like be like this season i want to get better at this and sometimes it wasn't always sports related sometimes it was i want to be a better teammate and just having those conscious goals helped the chaos get a little bit more organized i've
0: never heard that before but i think that's really smart thanks
1: i you know i try to make my life easier and i hope that that spreads out to the world <laughs> yes i'll be sure
0: you know i want to think about
1: that i'll sleep on that tonight yeah and let me know i want to hear how that goes
0: I will for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I was a blast talking with you today.
1: No problem. Me too.